0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you could join us. Uh, A couple of announcements to share with you, if you could open your bulletin with me. Um, First of all, we'd like to congratulate Ryan and Heather Bechtel, who are proud parents of Harper Ann, who was born this past Monday evening. Youth group and prayer meeting are both tonight. Youth group at 5 p.m., prayer meeting 5.30 Drew Ozenbach next Friday at six p.m. in the Fellowship Hall is going to be sharing about his trip to the Middle East. So, if you are interested, it is an open invite next Friday. Well, this coming Friday, right, Drew? This coming Friday at six p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, Jake Springle has something he would like to say. He's he's going to come up here.
1: Good morning. Uh, for our 12 months of serving project for July, we're going to focus on prayer. So for the next three Sundays during Sunday school time, we're going to be meeting to pray over different things. So next week, we're actually going to meet at 8.30 a little earlier, and we're going to go around our community and pray for our community, like the school and in the parks and do different things like that. Uh, we might do the churches one week, and we're going to have another topic, maybe government for the third week. So we're challenging you to come out for Sunday school time. Next week will be 8.30. We'll meet here and carpool to go to the school and some other places to pray and apart with that we're also challenging everyone and ourselves our Sunday school class to come to prayer meetings at 530 in the evenings on Sundays um, we think that prayer is important uh, it's you know how we're going to how we're going to change things in our community and globally um, so we want to make that our service to our community this month is, is prayer so we hope to see you next week 8:30 thank you
0: all right and with that being said let's Pray together this morning. Gracious God, we are so thankful that we have the opportunity to gather together to bless um, your name this morning. Lord, to sing your praises this morning. Lord, we are here for you. Lord, you know that oftentimes we bring with us our outside baggage. Lord, we bring with us the weights that we've carried throughout the week. And Lord, I ask this morning that you would help us to cast our burdens on you. Lord, that we would, this morning, rest in the God who is the God alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing about, I saw the light.
2: filled with sin I wouldn't let my dear Savior The long worries and fears I crave for my own And like the blind man the guide at his side Praise the Lord I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light
0: circumstances, we still bless the name of the Lord. Even when things don't go our way, we still say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you sing that with me this morning?
2: Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance Abundance flow, blessed be your name. And blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out. Moses and Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, and blessed be your glory. Sun shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, on the road marked with suffering, the pain in the offering, blessed be Blessing You pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name. you give and take away my heart will choose the same Lord, bless
0: take a moment to turn around and greet those around you this morning.
3: Thank you, we always enjoy uh, the piano. Take your uh, prayer sheet if you would please and let me uh, point out a few of the newer um, people who we've listed on this sheet. Uh, Right at the very beginning, Frank Fox, uh, Bonnie's husband, uh, he's having artificial ankle surgery this Wednesday. Uh, So please keep Bonnie's husband in your prayers. And then a few down, uh, Reed Lebo, Uh, He had successful hip surgery uh, this past Friday. He came home actually yesterday. Um, So he's doing quite well, um, as he did with the first hip surgery. Pray that everything goes as well as with that first one. So, Father, as we come before your throne once again, we want to thank you that you, Lord, have allowed us to come together on this Lord's day. Father, to be able to come into this place, to be able to come here into this church and be surrounded by, Lord, your people. It's a great atmosphere. It's a wonderful place to be. Father, we've come apart from the world. We've come together, we who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, and Father, as The family of God, we find it a great joy to be in the presence of one another. Father, it's encouraging the fellowship that we enjoy, the love that we share. And so, Lord, as we've come today, it's because, Lord, we want to see you. We want to acknowledge you. Uh, We want, Lord, to have you come into our lives on this day and change us as a result of our time together. Father, we know it's your word that changes lives, that we grow by it, we are matured by it. And so, Lord, as we open the bread of life, my prayer is that your spirit would touch us where we are and would draw us just a little bit closer to who you are. And, Father, as we've sung in this song, uh, Lord, we we do go through periods of of pain and tribulation. Uh, The trials, the trouble of life, Lord, seem many times to weigh upon us. And yet Job said, I came into this world with nothing. I will leave this world with nothing. Blessed be the name of the Lord, our God. Lord, I pray for those among us who are in that period, that season of pain and suffering, that Lord, you as the God of all comfort would grant peace that passes all understanding. We think of Bonnie's husband, Frank Lord, and as he anticipates this surgery, this Wednesday, We pray that all goes extremely well, that the recovery time, although it's stated to be 12 weeks, might be shortened, and that, Father, you might be glorified. We pray, thank you, too, for the surgery of Reed just a couple of days ago. Uh, we pray that uh, as things are going quite well, that that might continue. Uh, we pray for a very speedily recovery, as was his first one, And so we commit Reed to you, and thank you now that this problem has been resolved as hip, and uh, pray that, Lord, you would just watch over him uh, in these days of of recovery. Father, we think, too, of um, our president this morning, and, Father, the great choice he has to make regarding a Supreme Court justice. Father, grant him wisdom that comes from above. Lord, you said that if we ask for wisdom, you would give it to us freely and liberally. And so we ask on his behalf that, Lord, you would put into his mind uh, that right person who, Lord, needs to be in this so important position. Father, we also think of those young boys in Thailand who, even at this very moment, Uh, Lord, are being rescued out of this cave. Father, I can't imagine being in a situation such as this one, parents waiting uh, to see their uh, young boys after such a long time. And so we commit, Lord, this to you and pray that things would go well. And again, Lord, that you in some way would be glorified and honored, even in this situation. Father, we are thankful for Uh, the newborn of Harper Ann. Father, we thank you that um, things are going well, and we do pray that you would give to uh, Ryan and Heather uh, the ability, the wisdom, the insight as they will be raising now this uh, little girl. Uh, Lord, being a parent today is not an easy task. We know that. Father, as these little children, as they grow and move through adolescence and teenage years, Lord, it can be quite draining and straining. Uh, But we commit, Lord, uh, this little one to you, and and we commit our families here to you, young parents, Lord, who uh, are just starting. We ask, Lord, that you might um, just give them the wisdom, the insight, the ability to be able to do the right things as they train and raise and love their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Father, this is your day. We have come into this place to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we're here because, Father, you have loved us. And because of that, Lord, we love you. And so we pray that, Father, your spirit might move among us. May we feel His presence. May He stir our hearts. May we be convicted of sin. May we be drawn into Your presence. Father, many things can happen in the hour in which we meet on Sunday mornings. We pray that Your will might be done, that You, Lord, might be honored in the things that we do and say. This is your day. This is your house. and Father, we are so thankful and grateful that we once again are here. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now before we open the book of Job, Leonard's going to come and lead us in hymn number 11, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. God is our refuge and strength. Psalm 46. As we sing this together, let's uh, confirm that, that God is really our refuge and strength. Hymn number 11, A Mighty Fortress. Stand with me as we sing this together.
4: A <laughs> oh, mighty
3: He was a good man. He was a godly man. He was a righteous man. And he never saw it coming. I'm sure he was blindsided. He loved his children. He prayed for his children. And yet in the space of two short days, everything he loved And everything he held dearly was wiped out and taken away. By now, you know I'm talking about the man Job. He was a patriarch, and the scripture dedicates an entire book to his life and to his experiences. And I suppose we could sum up this book this way Why is it that bad things happen to good people? In the next six weeks, we're going to attempt to answer that question. Certainly, (laughs) I don't have all the answers, nor does the Bible give us all the answers to why bad things happen to good people but maybe we can capture a glimpse and answer it in a little way as we look at this book of Job Job stands alone among the Old Testament heroes he is a man who knew all about sorrow and tribulation and they came at him at one time he took everything that Satan threw at him And he still held on to the unchanging hand of his God. Noah suffered. He suffered when he was preaching as the ark was being built. Abraham, he suffered greatly. He had to wait many, many years to have a child. Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den Stephen was stoned the Apostle Paul was put in prison several times they all suffered but not like Job Job's suffering was unique and Job's book deals with why is it that a godly man a righteous man why did he have to suffer You know, it seems to contradict the Bible when the Bible says we reap what we sow. It makes sense for someone who is evil and wicked to experience bad things. It makes sense to us when good people prosper, we reap what we sow. But why is it that bad people or good people sometimes reap evil? You know, I have no problem understanding why bad people suffer. Someone steals, they go to jail. It seems right. My problem is, why do those who really love God and want to do the right things, they're not bothering anyone, trying to mind their own business, and yet they fall into times of trials and testings like no other this is the story of Job and this is who we want to look at this morning and for the next six weeks so if you have your Bibles I would invite you to turn to the book of Job Job Psalms Proverbs it's quite a long book on our bus trip not too long ago down to D.C. Uh, Claudia gave us a little quiz, as she always does. And one of the questions was, What is the oldest book in the Bible? And you now know the answer. The answer is the book of Job, the oldest book in the Bible. So let's read. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. Then he owned 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen and 500 donkeys. He had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons, they used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays. And they would invite their three sisters to come and eat and drink with them. When the period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Now let's set the stage for the book this morning. First of all, who is Job? What was his life like? The character of Job is stated for us here in the very opening verses. Job was spiritually and he was morally upright. The Bible uses words like blameless in the eyes of God and probably in the eyes of people. Words like upright. He was genuine. He was a man of great integrity. He feared God. He revered God. He he, he felt God was an awesome God, a, a sovereign God, as we'll see as we read through this book. And he shunned evil. Not that he was sinless, no one is, but he turned away from things that were wrong he rejected sin he wanted to stay on the right path this righteousness that is spoken of here of job as it describes him is essential to this book job was a good man he was the best of the best later we read of him being the greatest man in the east which probably refers to two things a position of importance but also i believe his prosperity his character he was faultless as a man as faultless as a man could be notice also his prosperity he had a large household ten children many servants large herds of cattle He was richly, richly blessed in goods and family as well. As I said, we read in verse 3, the greatest man in the East. And then at the end of the text I just read, he had a great love for and a great burden for his children. He wanted for his children to walk with the Lord as he walked with the Lord. And in order to purify them as the priest in the household, after they would be feasting, he would offer burnt offerings on their behalf lest they sinned against God. Everything Job has, his whole life, seems to be going well. And he leads his family, and he taught his family about God, and he offers sacrifices, and God has blessed him. God has richly blessed this man. He, he was the best of the best. He enjoyed great wealth. He had a wonderful family. He was the epitome of success and happiness But suddenly, this changes suddenly we move from earth to heaven. We move from the visible now into the invisible as once again in the Bible, and it's a rare occasion, but every so often we get a glimpse of heaven where the curtains are rolled back and we can see in the very throne of God and what is taking place in the invisible realm. And so we come to verse 6. We move from earth now. We move into the heavenly realm. Look at verse 6. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan. Notice God initiates this conversation. The Lord says to Satan where have you come from? And Satan answers the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now notice God's description. There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and his his herds are spread throughout the land. But now, stretch out your hand And strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. So here are ministering angels who now come into the very presence of God to give a report. Among them is Satan, this fallen angel, this one who God created and named Lucifer. He is among these angels. You know, one of the deep truths here in the book of Job is this and and throughout the book there are so many of these but one of the great truths that we see right here is the relationship between Satan and God some would say they're equals that there's this great battle taking place in the world between God and Satan and they're wrestling with one another like they're the same they're not you know that don't you God is the creator Satan is the creation we don't have two gods one good and one bad God is in control of all things and here we see God's greatness we see his majesty and his power and his authority we see the sovereign god the the supreme ruler of the universe god is the one who calls the shots no one else god is clearly sovereign in this passage god says to satan and challenges him he says where have you been and satan says well i you know i i do what i always do (laughs) I'm that roaring lion, and I'm down on earth, and I'm prowling, and I'm looking for someone I can devour. And then God says to Satan, did you ever consider going after Job? Have you ever thought about that, Satan? Have you ever thought to to go after Job, and Satan says what? Well, yeah, I've considered him, but... God, you put this hedge around him. I mean, God, you're, you're protecting him. You've given him everything a man could ever want. God says he's blameless. He's upright. He fears me. He turns away. But Satan says, God, how could I get to him? Let me, okay, you put the hedge around Take away this hedge. Take away this protection. And let me have my way with him. And then let's see. Then let's see how Satan worships you, and he won't. Job then will look at you, God, and he'll curse you to your face. The only reason he loves you and worships you is because of all the things you've done for him. And here's where we see the power of God. What does God say to Satan? He gives him power. Power that Satan does. He gives him power. All right, I will remove the hedge and you could have Satan your way with Job only, and here's where he limits the power, you can't touch his body. You can't touch him physically. You could do anything else you want to do with him, but you dare not touch him physically. Have you ever been watching TV or you turned on the radio and All of a sudden you hear, beep, 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 beep. This is only a test. This is only a test. What is God doing with Job? God stops sometimes us in our tracks, doesn't he? And we hear, beep, 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 and God starts to test us. God begins to test us. That's what God is doing here. Job enjoyed God's blessings. Job enjoyed God's protection. God blessed him in so many different ways, puts his heads around him. But Satan argues that people only serve you, God, because of what you do for them. Is that true? Do you come here this morning? Do you worship God? And serve God only because of what you can get out of it? For the blessings of God? Is that why you love God? Because of what God gives you? Satan said that's true. Job only loves you because of what you're giving him, God. All right, let's see. And God gives Satan permission. He limits his power, but gives him permission to go down to Job keeps a leash on Satan doesn't give him full reign but you see the difference between God and Satan right they're not equals it's not like Satan said oh God I'm going to do it no God says this is what you can do and you can go no further I'm going to give you the authority the power to go down and do what you but this is your limit I'm going to keep a leash on you Satan No, they're not equals. God is the creator. Satan is his creation. And so God now is going to test Job. You've heard the expression, no pain, no gain. That's not just true in sports and athletics. If you want to be a good athlete, there needs to be pain for there to be gain. The really, really, really good athletes know that. They spend hours in the gym. They strain and they work hard to get to where they want to be. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. No pain, no gain. To become a strong Christian, you need trials. To be a strong Christian, you need God's testings. You need to be in god's gym and sometimes god takes us into his gym to test us and with job he takes him into the gym to test him to be a stronger christian you need the trials and tribulations of life it's james who says consider it all joy when you fall into various trials and you say to yourself, consider it joy to fall. And, you know, to fall, it's like it comes, bam, all of a sudden, like Job. You know, you're walking along and everything's going fine and God has blessed you. and bam, it hits. And James says, consider it all joy when you fall into the trial. But the question is, why? How? Can I consider it joy? Well, he goes on to say, because that trial will produce perseverance, which will then produce completeness and maturity. So there's a process. The trial produces this, produces this, and then we become strong and mature and complete. So it's not that we enjoy the testing back here or the trial it's what that will produce and so when God tests us as he's testing Job it produces strength stronger faith so with God's permission Satan now leaves heaven and now the scene shifts again to earth so we started on earth we moved into the heavenly realm Now Satan leaves heaven to come down to visit Job. And Satan is going to bring calamity upon calamity upon calamity. Verse 13. One day, (laughs) the worst day of Job's life, one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys were grazing, and the Sabaeans, they attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties, and they swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they're all dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you the worst day of job's life one calamity after another the messenger comes and he says to job your oxen were attacked and they were all taken away and before that messenger could complete his report the next messenger comes and says the sheep and the servants of yours have all been killed Before that messenger could leave, before he was done talking, another one comes and says, the camels, they've all been stolen by this invading party. Before he is able to get all the words out of his mouth, the fourth messenger comes and says, all your sons and daughters have been killed by a mighty wind. And here's Job. And all of a sudden, These reports come unexpected, undeserved, and unexplained. And Job suffers the loss of his property and the tragic death of all his children. Not all suffering is equal. One size does not fit all. One dies peacefully in their death, and another one suffers for years before death. It seems one person is in and out of hospitals all of their lives. And the next person's never seen the inside of a hospital room. We don't know why. We do know God is sovereign. We do know that suffering and trouble they're facts of life and we do know that sooner or later everyone's going to cope with trials and tribulations they come in all forms as james says consider it all joy when you fall into various and many different trials they take different shapes and sizes from financial disasters to incurable diseases domestic tragedy fatal accidents As we read Job, we need to remember we know what's taking place here. We had the curtains removed. Job has no idea why things just happened. And that's often the case with us, is it not? We don't always know why. Why is it that such bad things happen to good people? Sometimes we Might think we know. Or sometimes, if we're not walking with God very closely and something happens, it's sometimes God grabbing our shoulders and giving us a wake up call. So I suppose there are times when we say, Oh, I think I know why I'm going through this. But most times, not. Most times, we have no idea in the world why. That was. Job's feeling at this point, he doesn't know what we know. He doesn't know that God has given Satan permission to do this. He's probably thinking, now what? What's going to be next? Well, next week we're going to look at what's next. Because this isn't the only testing that Job is going to suffer. No, we can't always know why. But it is interesting Job's response, again, remember, he doesn't know why this is happening. It's Unexpected, unexplained, undeserved. But Job's response is one we can all learn from. It's not an easy response. It's the response of a great man of God who has great faith in God but after Job has just lost everything he loved and held dear, this is what he says in verse 20. At this, Job got up, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground in worship. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. That's a pretty amazing response to having lost everything he did mourn it's not that job didn't shed any tears it's not that he didn't weep it's not that he didn't grieve anyone would grieve in a situation like this one and so What we have recorded for us is that Job, he tore his robe and he shaved his head. That's a sign of grief. Job was grieving. Job was broken. He was a broken man. He lost everything. But after the dust settles, (coughs) the Bible says he fell to the ground in worship, He acknowledges the sovereignty of God. He acknowledges the hand of God in this tragedy. And this acknowledgement of God, the worship of God, as he, as he prostrates himself to the ground, it gives him a peace and a repose that only God is able to give. He didn't turn against God. He didn't blame God. And we need to make it clear where it says here that he never sinned against God. Now that's going to be important throughout the whole book. That he never sinned against God. He acknowledges that all that he had came from God. Everything he owned... It all belonged to his sovereign Lord. And he has no right to cling to it. And if God sees fit to take it away, Job says, that's okay. God gives and God will take away. And then he says, may the name of the Lord be. Be praised. Though he didn't understand all of these tragedies, he maintained through it all his spiritual integrity. He maintained through all of this his spiritual integrity. He never turned against God. He never blamed God. And in this test of his life, he passes it. You know, it's a hard thing to say with Job. God gives and God takes away. That's not easy. When you lose your job, when you lose your health, when you lose that relationship, when you lose that loved one, when you lose your savings, to be able to say God gave, but God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. That's not easy. But remember, when you're in those situations, it's a test. Testings produce perseverance, which produces maturity and growth and strength. When you're in that test, remember, it is that. And God says to you, as He says to Job, trust me. I am the sovereign God. I am the supreme ruler over earth. When you find yourself in that trial, that test of a lifetime, God says, You can trust me. I'm in control. I know what I'm doing, and this is the right thing because I only do what is good and right and perfect. Father, our hearts are a bit convicted this morning to be able to think that this should be our response. Lord, this is not easy. Father, for those that are here and may at this very moment be going through the test of a lifetime. Father, I pray that you might help by your Spirit each one who says to themselves, Lord, I, I'm in something that's way beyond me right now. Father, Job was able to find a peace in you. I pray that, Lord, you might help all of us in our own times of suffering that we might be able to find in you, not turn from you, not blame you, but find in you Father, the strength we need to continue on. Father, I pray as we continue to look at Job's life and his experiences, that Father, it might help us in our own times of trouble and tribulation we thank you for who you are that you are a god who sits on the throne and rules and reigns in every area of life help us as job to hold on to that unchanging hand of yours that loves us more than we will ever know. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your hymn books, would you turn with me to hymn number 318? When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Let's stand together. We'll sing this song and we'll be dismissed.
4: When we walk with... So Trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no Sweet, we will sing. So, Father, help us to trust you,
3: because, Lord, we know that you're a good and faithful God. You're a mighty God. You're a powerful God. And Father, it's only those things you allow into our lives that can come into our lives. It's the trust we need to trust you to the end, in Jesus' name, Amen.